and welcome to episode six, 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 uh, sorry, episode six of Because I've Lost Control of My Life, the podcast run by the only true best boys of the internet. Believe me, we know where the donuts are. I'm Matthew, and this is Adam. What's this is up, Adam. Man? Welcome Adam. to the Devil's Podcast. <laughs> Here we are, week six. We're still alive. We're still doing podcast episodes. We're getting better. Theoretically. (laughs) (laughs) We hope so. We hope so. So a question that I know everyone that listens to the show was wondering about after uh, episode five was you had scheduled your first massage. Yeah, yeah, I I got it and it was really good. I actually feel (laughs) a lot better. They didn't fix me, but I feel like I could actually be fixed in a few more sessions, so nice. I did schedule another session. I got all oiled up, and then I had to put my clothes back on afterwards, which actually, that was awful. So <laughs> if you ever go to get a massage, wear some clothes that you don't mind getting like massage oil all over the inside. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, did they punch you in the neck with a neck gun or whatever you said? Oh, that, that, was, uh, that was like a, it was more like a little rubber jackhammer that they <laughs> did all over my body. It was a, that was a weird sensation. I mean, it probably did something for me. It didn't necessarily feel good. Was it like good painful? You know, like if you have a knot in your back or something, you just want to jam your thumb into it or have somebody do that? There were a couple spots that were kind of like that, but uh, for the most part, it just kind of like shook my brain, which didn't <laughs> feel good. Like my whole body shook. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, my brain is shaking. <laughs> I'm going to get shaken baby syndrome, which is the, <laughs> the second time we've referenced. That. Uh, because I've lost control of my life, the only podcast that will contribute to adults getting shaken baby syndrome. <laughs> Also, I just totally pictured you like laying on a on like uh, a massage table and someone like standing on the massage table with a jackhammer like going <laughs> up and down your back. That feels like something that would be in Ren and Stimpy or something or Rocco. Yeah, I think that might have even been in something. Oh, before. man. Well, I'm going to pretend not... that I don't know what it was. I actually don't know what it was. I don't, but... I don't know what it was either. I... <laughs> and it might have been Rocco. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really feels like a Rocco thing. I've been working hard like all the last two weeks trying to promote the show with like yeah. varying levels of success. <laughs> one one of the funniest things that I tried to do to promote the show was uh, <laughs> I shared the Facebook. I shared a message from our Facebook page on my actual Facebook feed, and all I got on it were a few ants <laughs> that went, "Hi, Adam." <laughs> I saw that, and it was like two or three of them in a row that just said, "Hi, Adam." <laughs> <laughs> This is what happens when adults have Facebook. We're 34. We're not adults. <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, uh, I've only ever had a massage one time in my life. And this is at, when I was in Turkey. I went to uh, a Turkish bathhouse. Uh, and let me tell you, you haven't had a real massage until you've had an elderly Turkish man brutally massage you on a stone in a steamy room and <laughs> jam his thumbs all the way up your back and stretch you like he's putting you in like a wrestling hold or something did it feel good afterward yes it was amazing there's there's <laughs> there are pictures on my facebook of me uh looking very very red and smiling like i'm like on drugs or something <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what i felt like yeah uh, she was like oh god your neck is so tight <laughs> <laughs> all the tension and uh of uh promoting this 
hit podcast is getting to you. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> definitely the podcast that's causing my body to break down. <laughs> Not the job where you're grinding the rest of your bones into a fine powder. No, no, that's, <laughs> that's doctor doctor recommended. Ah, <laughs> uh, doctors, what do they know? There are actually people that think that. Anyway, so uh, what the hell did we watch for this week? We watched two great segments. Uh, first, we watched Ruthless Tommy, <laughs> and then we watched Moose Country. Oh, yeah. Two classics. As with everything in season one, I absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, the show does lose some of its charm going on. It's still good. It doesn't get unbearable until later. Uh, maybe it's not as unbearable as I remember. But <laughs> I did watch I did watch a season six episode recently. What made you choose San- Sazen? Season six, by the way, I was just looking through all the episodes and uh, I don't know. I was just just trying to see if I could find any funny artwork. Okay. And the episode I picked <laughs> had Tommy as a ghost. on the front <laughs> <of it. laughs> So naturally, I had to he watch went it. for it. I finished season three last night. And I also watched Hanukkah and the Mother's Day special, which on Paramount Plus they include as part of as part of season four. But they were actually just like standalone specials. Like there was what season three ended in 94. There was nothing until Hanukkah in 96. And then I was actually wrong. It came back in 97, apparently, as a full time thing. And the Mother's Day special was in like, well, when whenever Mother's Day is um... (laughs) May. May, something like that. And then the series proper didn't return until like September. So there was a huge gap. Not as much as some modern shows. I did. There, and there's even a definite difference in Hanukkah. The animation's different. Some of the voices are slightly different. Chucky in particular, I think. Chucky, yeah. actually, no, Chucky and Tommy, I think, sound more like infantile, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Uh, I'm not sure without looking it up, but I think yeah. Nancy Cartwright who does Bart Simpson, may have taken over for Chucky. It actually was still Christine Kavanaugh. Oh, it was? Yeah, so I don't know if it was like the gap of two or three years or the animation director or the voiceover director, rather, said, like, do this instead. I don't know. It's not, like, terribly different, but it it, it feels different enough to me as a OCD adult cartoon watcher. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think what a lot of times happens is that the voiceover artists over the years figure out what part of the character's voices like destroys their throat. Ah, And then they they avoid doing those things. That's not a bad (laughs) or not a bad point. We should interview some voice people. I mean, I'd love to if anybody's got any contacts, uh, (laughs) email us from Billy West on down to the best boy. Actually, we (laughs) want the best boy. Bobcat Goldway. <laughs> Isn't he dead? No. Uh, why did I think he was? Who am I thinking of? I somebody. No somebody else who's dead. <laughs> Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Don't associate those two at all. But Robin Williams starred in a Bobcat uh, directed movie called The Best Dad Ever or something. Oh, I don't think I've seen it. Or if I have, it's been a really long time. R.I.P. Robin Williams and not Bobcat Goldthwait. <laughs> <laughs> not until you actually earn it, Bobcat. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta D.I.E. before you get the R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> what banter, what banter the show brings out. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> episode six, season one. The first segment is Ruthless Tommy. 
When Grandpa Lou leaves the front door open, Tommy knows what he has to do. He easily fools the elderly sentry and soon sets out on an expedition to the front yard. When two professional criminals mistake him for Don Jr., I'm sorry, Ronald Thump Jr., they scoop him up and leave a ransom note. Tommy punishes these palookas until they're forced to bring him home, leaving him with only minor mental trauma. <laughs> the writer of this episode is uh, Ron Bernbach. And this is the only episode of Rugrats that he wrote. Other than this, he did two episodes of Recess. And he did the screenplay of a movie called The Wave, which is based on uh, the third wave experiments by Ron Jones in the 60s, where he taught his classroom how fascism spreads by doing uh, social experiments. Uh, I didn't look into (laughs) it too in in depth. I did find a copy of the movie, and I'll probably watch it, and maybe I'll talk about it a little more next week. You said that Paul Germain also created Recess, right? So that's an interesting connection there. Yeah, I think a lot of the Rugrats writers followed him over. Maybe they couldn't stand the tyranny of Kabor Chupo and Arlene Klasky. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm what sure the- they're fine. <laughs> yeah, they're, I'm sure they're fine. But we got to make jokes. Got to make jokes. So what the heck happens in Ruthless Tommy outside of your uh, <laughs> description? Well, it starts out with Tommy playing with Dee Dee's keys. She can't find them. And uh, is it keys or earrings? I thought it was earrings for some reason. It was keys. Uh, I thought earrings at first, too, because they they had the big D on them. And you think that the uh, I think her earrings did as well before. It might even be the same drawing. Right. But it it turned out to be her keys, which she needed to go out from Tommy's first person view too. another one. Yeah. And I love the little animation of her reaching down to grab them where there's kind of like an error because her hand is behind the playpen and Tommy's inside the playpen with the keys and she's grabbing the keys. I did not see. I did not notice that somehow when I was watching it and you sent me the image and I had a good laugh over that one. I do go framed. I go frame the frame when something uh, involved happens. That's not a bad idea. So I can find something funny. (laughs) <laughs> spread it for our delightful twitter followers out there on twitter.com slash lost control pod yeah we've got all <laughs> kinds of great uh screen caps on there i uh i like how dd uh is relying on grandpa lou to watch tommy because Stu's down in the basement working on whatever junk invention <laughs> it's a laser oven <laughs> it's, yeah it, it's like like uh an easy bake oven kind of thing, but he says something about lasers. And then Grandpa Lou claims, like, well, I was planning on training for the decathlon. Sure, take an old man for granted. <laughs> I wonder how serious he was. Uh, I don't know. He, he probably gets a little annoyed, but, you know. Yeah. He loves Tommy, and I think that's mainly what he does. But <laughs> I love the little animation of uh, Tommy pantomiming falling asleep. Yeah, it's uh, just like (laughs) like lays down, sips the bottle, arm drops like he's just unconscious. (laughs) (laughs) Such good comedic uh, timing with that there. And of course, then Grandpa goes to sleep and Tommy they leave the door open. Yeah, that yes, the door has been left open, which uh, would drive me insane. So Tommy uh, wakes up. He is obviously not asleep. (laughs) He's tricked Grandpa Lou again. And a little bit of a switch up here. Tommy is a handyman with his tools, with all tools, not just screwdrivers. Yeah, Yeah, he gets like a little pair of pliers or it it was a wrench, right? I think it was pliers. 
Okay. And uh, he lifts up like a, a flap Latch. that's never been on the playpen before. Yeah, <laughs> just this episode. <laughs> There's a really, really great shot that I that made me laugh. It's like up high looking down and it's like Grandpa Lou's head back sleeping. And you just see Tommy slowly walking by in the background. <laughs> and it's just like such perfect, like nothing happening, dry comedy it's, it's just so so good oh and, and before tommy takes his first step out of the of the playpen he like lifts his feet and like wiggles his toes <laughs> he's like got an adventure going on and we get another uh another listen to the uh fishing music yes and also tommy closes the door on his way out <laughs> <I know>. he's <laughs> picked it up at grandpa lou hasn't yeah, and he won't be able to get back in because he can't <laughs> reach the doorknob. So he's just trapped himself outside. And he's he's sitting there on the uh, he's sitting there on the porch, puts his hands on his hips, looks around like <laughs> gets some major discovery. And then uh, we get the uh, career criminals. <laughs> they uh, they have one number, uh, 66 or 99, <laughs> written on a piece of paper and they can't figure out which it is. Right, uh, number 66. Is this a setup? Do <laughs> uh, anybody, anybody watching the kid? <laughs> <laughs> That's like a commentary on the show. <laughs> exactly this. Uh, uh, so these, uh, these criminals uh, are voiced by... Uh, Michael Bell and uh, Phil Proctor. So that's uh, Drew and Howard. They're uh, they're definitely uh, some of their go tos. Yes, definitely. So they leave a, a ransom letter because they think that the the Pickles's house is the home of Ronald Thump. <laughs> we know we know who that's based off of. Uh, sadly, uh, is <laughs> it was was that just a thing where it, it's like the only rich people that they think the common man would know the name of. <laughs> so. he, he, yeah, he was like a tabloid rich person. Like, yeah. He he loved being in the tabloids. And I rem- I imagine Donald Trump getting this letter and then like sending a letter <laughs> back that said, just make sure you feed him once a week. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the worst Trump impression. I didn't even try. Uh, it's it's fine. It, you, it's it, <laughs> uh, some of the spelling, it, uh, the way that that letter is written. They said your little baby. It's like L I D D L E. Says and we're very big criminals. Ask around. Love yeah. Bob and Mike. <laughs> the fact that they I like have love. They, they took the time to tie it onto a brick and they threw it, <laughs> but they missed the window and just drove away. Yeah, like there's a very big chance that nobody would have seen it for a long time. Yeah, it's. We're dealing with high class, very intelligent criminals. The design of the criminals is so great. Like, I don't know which one's which, but there's the one who's like, I is like designed weird. Like it's partially closed, but it looks like like the 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 pink meat underneath (laughs) your eyelid is partially exposed. And then the other one, like the shorter, fatter one has like always has a cigarette. Then when he talks, it's just like floating in the air. (laughs) He he looks like a gorilla in a belly shirt. And speaking of gorillas and the stereotypes of gorillas, in order to make Tommy stop crying, (laughs) they go to give him a banana. The running joke in this series, the banana. And this episode is the most banana packed episode of them all. (laughs) Unless there's something from four to nine, but I don't know if we'll ever know. (laughs) Did you notice that their license plate says burglars on it? (laughs) B-R-G-L-R-S. 
And I, I like that the one criminal, his his idea to get the banana is, it's from a magazine that he read. It's like everybody's like reading Lipschitz or something. He doesn't say Lipschitz, but. It's a book, and the yeah. book is called Baby Appeal, which implies <laughs> that the whole book is about babies and bananas. <laughs> and then he goes to a page that says the chapter Baby Appeal. <laughs> <laughs> In this latest issue of Baby Appeal, quick, give me a banana. Like, he, like, reaches in his shirt. Yeah, everybody's got a banana. <laughs> with them. And then they finally calm Tommy down by giving him the ball that he's found. Well, that's the whole reason he went. I guess it wasn't the whole reason he went outside, but he found it in the front yard. He found it, and he decided that it's his new favorite toy. But yeah, the one criminal picks it up off the ground and gives it to him. Ah! Ah! Hey! Ah! What about this ball here on the floor? Hmm, how about that? <laughs> I did it. You know, uh, I bet I'd make a pretty good fodder. <laughs> <laughs> I like how <a laughs> he sings to him a lullaby. Okay, here goes. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Papa's gonna buy you a mocking boy. Uh, he puts on the dummy bear mask. <laughs> holds him up. Okay, kid. Put all your diapers in this bag. And don't try anything funny. You're scaring him, genius. Take that thing off. There's so many good scenes in this car. Yes. It's, it's interesting because it is definitely a dumb baby episode. Tommy has zero lines. But there's a lot of dialogue throughout because of yeah. Bob and Mike. And that's not necessarily always the case. Like you get like little <laughs> snippets of whatever in the background or, but this is like constant with those two, like so <laughs> being swept <laughs> up in Tommy's tornado of chaos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they can't handle him. He's the most evil baby. <laughs> yeah. There's a quote from you in an earlier episode where you say before Tommy learned to channel his bravery into justice, he was just a pure destructive force. <laughs> <laughs> None of the later seasons uh, display that destruction. They just can't be as good as season one. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's uh, season one is perfect. <laughs> we just kind of end the podcast at episode 13. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd like to ask like somebody uh, whether it was the writer's decision to move away from uh dumb baby episodes or if it was uh like executives saying you know we like more cute stuff mm, maybe and though the dumb baby episodes are pretty cute <laughs> yeah they're very cute and as since i have now finished season two and three another thing that i notice is that the babies more in those seasons will have a lot of the humor comes from lines that they say rather yeah. than situations like they'll say things that like only an adult would say in a ridiculous situation and it is really funny they are very good seasons but i don't know it just doesn't have the same magic yeah uh, I, I watched a few episodes of season two so far and i'm definitely getting like they feel more like the show recess to me you know i've like, never uh, seen it once so i wouldn't even know it, it like especially like the daycare episode later on mm. it just kind of it i don't know it's it's striking me as like more the tone of recess than like a season one Rugrats episode. Yeah, that's again, that's a show. I, I don't know. I think I know some of the main character designs and that's it. I, I used to watch it. Uh, I, I just never really into it. It was just like it was I would watch whatever came on in the morning before school, basically. Makes sense. 
until I was like in high school. <laughs> until <laughs> until you go to work today. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, they get to their their dumpy apartment building <laughs> and they go up. Uh, they say the kid weighs a ton. Home sweet home in their filthy apartment. Their filthy apartment with like none of their furniture is like in any kind of uh, shape. But yet they have <laughs> they have all kinds of like stolen goods and stuff yeah. that they just they just haven't uh, exchanged for the cash. I'm guessing at this point. Oh, and they even have a ton of cash. Like, I mean, there's there's, there's oh, yeah. like stacks of VCRs, but like on the table, there's stacks of cash. There's like suitcases full of money and rubies, as we come to discover. But at the same time, their their coffee table has fast food garbage all over it. And and like one of the legs is held up by three bricks. Yeah. <laughs> They're uh, they're just very ambitious and <laughs> they just want they just want to get the money. They don't <laughs> want to do anything with it. <laughs> they just want to make sure that, that they can see it. They're uh, like they want to prove how good of criminals they are to all their criminal friends. <laughs> <laughs> Look what we got, boys. Lou goes around asking if they're <laughs> if they're serious criminals. And they're like, yeah, they got a suitcase full of rubies. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine if uh Lou Pickle's private eye uh, <laughs> was combined with an episode with these two morons. I would watch that episode. But anyway, they go inside and they set Tommy down and he promptly slips on a banana peel. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> He's just have bananas everywhere. <laughs> and One of them is a gorilla. So. <laughs> <laughs> with a cigarette. Uh, and anyway, Tommy slips in what the ball goes on top of the table with all the cash. And Tommy, of course, starts crying, one because he's landed on his booty and another because he's lost his ball. And their solution, of course, immediately is to try to give him another banana. Here you go, Tiger. Try one of these. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, his, his ball ends up on the coffee table. Yeah. And so uh, he can't reach it. So he finds a suitcase that he kind of kicks the knuckle. <laughs> I love that he kicks it down off the wall. <laughs> drags it over and tries to climb up but his foot hits the latch and he opens it up to find rubies <laughs> <laughs> rubies and as all babies are he uh is immediately impressed by their shininess and also as with all babies his first instinct is to grab a handful and to drag them over to the toilet at this point he's <laughs> well acquainted with the toilet they're yeah. like best friends no matter the toilet tommy is friends <laughs> yeah. even this apparently disgusting one can't tell, you can't tell them apart anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> all toilets are the same to Tommy. Uh, so, yeah, he throws all this all this crap down into the toilet. I like uh, when he's dropping in one of the uh, gems. Like, there's a bunch of copies of his face on it as it sinks to the bottom. <laughs> and, like, the different facets of the gem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> this, I have to go. I don't want to do the whole going back and forth thing. But to make him stop crying, they figure they can rig him up <laughs> a bottle. <laughs> using the top of a ketchup bottle and he's like oh, handy with stuff like that this i gotta see <laughs> he just it's like a ketchup bottle with milk in it but anyway they find tommy and uh has dropped all the shit down the toilet no pun intended and they don't want to reach their hand in to pull it out oh no <laughs> i ain't putting my hands in there well i ain't doing it I did it last time. Look, I got a little cut here on my finger. I ain't going in there. That's fine. You can put a cut in that door. Oh, no, you can't. No, you put your hand in there. Hey, my hands are my life. No, my hands are more than my life. They're my death if I put my hand in there. <laughs> 
Oh, and, oh, and then Tommy Tommy goes back to the table to get the ball because he's lost interest in all the gems. And uh, yeah, he, he he's like one thing to the next. <laughs> and he ends up bouncing it up onto a shelf. And this time he needs to climb on a vacuum cleaner. And that's... And, they cut back to the bathroom and the one, the taller one with the eye stands up and he's dripping head to toe. <laughs> and like, I thought they were just worrying about putting their hand in there. <laughs> How is he wet from head to toe? One of them probably dunked the other one in there. <laughs> Grab the rubies with your teeth if you ain't gonna put your finger in there. So Tommy accidentally switches on this vacuum, and I'm going to argue this is another scene where Tommy almost dies because <laughs> this vacuum sucks up whole pizza boxes and almost his face. The, it sucks up everything. Yeah, uh, it almost tore his face off. Basically, I have listed for this as the chaos scene sucks up pizza boxes, all the money on the table, old magazines and fast food packaging, the curtains, clothing, Tommy's ball, although it doesn't quite go down. And the money in the suitcase. So, yeah, that is a very nice vacuum cleaner that they have probably also stolen. <laughs> I can't imagine these are the two kind of guys that would actually buy a vacuum cleaner. No, <laughs> they don't look like they vacuum, but they did plug it in. Maybe they just to see if it worked. <laughs> so, before they unload it, they need to get the money back. So, <laughs> well, first they come out of the bathroom, but Tommy's bouncing the ball because he, once he finally gets it, and they're like, look at him plotting his next move. And he's like, he's just a baby. He's just a baby. He's just a baby. It's like, oh, baby, I'm poisonating, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that one of them briefly believes that he's not really a baby. <laughs> but yeah, they put the vacuum cleaner on in reverse and shit gets everywhere. And <laughs> they fucking had it. Yeah, they cannot take this Tommy anymore. This he's, Tommy. Des he's destroying everything that they've uh, earned. <laughs> that they they dive the window <laughs> <laughs> yeah tommy's ball goes up on the windowsill and as tommy goes to grab it they're afraid he's gonna fly out so they run to catch him and end up just diving out and then tommy just sits in their apartment bouncing Bounce. their ball i love the timing of them like going out the window there's like a few seconds in a crash and then immediately them running up the stairs there's like no time in between them crashing and then running up the stairs that's like a great cartoon thing yes classic cartoon kind of moment i wonder how many stories it was <laughs> i'm gonna assume they landed in a dumpster i bet you if you listen to it really closely you could uh tell like as as they're going up the stairs like yeah. they probably have like little pauses where they're turning around or something that'd be really good foley work if so this show does have pretty good Foley work, though, yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised. They get to the, the top of the steps and they see Tommy and they're like, There must be an easier way to make a million smackers. Hey, man, Tadette. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they decide to take him back to uh, back to Ronald Fump's house. They haven't even noticed. Uh, I, I don't think we mentioned that the, the ransom note ended up in the newspaper. Yeah, and Grandpa couldn't and read it without a glass of Java or a cup of Java. Yeah, <laughs> to tackle a newspaper that hefty. Yeah. <laughs> and Stu finally comes upstairs and says, how's Tom? He's like, oh, he hasn't made a peep. I think he's been asleep all afternoon. Like, he can't just look to the right in the pen where Tommy was. <laughs> that's how uh, that's how incompetent they are. <laughs> just get caregivers. So Mike and uh, the hell are the names? Mike and uh, Bob and Bob Mike. and Mike. Yeah, they come and knock on the door and they, they apologize profusely and say they've loined their lesson <laughs> and give Tommy back. 
And there's a great shot as they go back to their car, like Stu and, and uh, Lou are like totally confused that Tommy's waving and smiling at them. <laughs> <laughs> they think it's like they probably think he's like this demon spawn. Oh, God. And uh, I just can't imagine how disorienting that would be. <laughs> like, you think your child is in the playpen and then like two men come <laughs> apologizing. I think they call him Mr. Thump, too. Who were those guys? <laughs> they don't even question they gave the baby back and uh the ransom note blows away in the wind and uh, tommy causes one last bit of trouble for yeah. you guys right on the guy's face Whoa! Watch out! Whoa! his cigarette even falls out of his mouth <laughs> I mentioned the last episode, uh, the the kid in the in the high school when he's slipping on the banana peel and he's like, <laughs> like anytime I picture somebody falling or slipping, that's the noise I picture. When I picture somebody like unable to control their car, I picture whoa! <laughs> <laughs> they they then crash into a fire hydrant and fly <laughs> through their windshields <laughs> into the back window of the cop car. <laughs> Cops are like, whoa, are you guys in trouble? <laughs> they're like, and it should be noted they're go they're at a donut cart. <laughs> like a hot dog cart, but it's donuts. Uh, <laughs> just imagine if this were like realistic, even beyond what happens to the babies. Like what or what would happen to them? What would the horrible injuries that Pop and Mike would have sustained here? I don't think you can go through to through a windshield and then the back window <laughs> of another car and survive. <laughs> At least not be horribly mutilated for the rest of your life. Anyway, they we we cut back to the Pickles house and Tommy's playing in the front yard this time with Stu and Grandpa watching. And they're both sitting there looking miserable with their hands yeah. in their face. Like I know. It's <laughs> so weird. There is a cute moment though. Uh, as soon as Dee Dee gets there, Tommy goes up and hugs her legs. Mm. I don't think uh I don't think they ever really show Tommy hug anybody but Spike. And may well I, I mean there are points where the different the other babies will hug each other, but yeah, as uh, far yeah. as like an adult or something. So our our last uh sting the stinger of the episode to Dee Dee's like, he probably needs a little stimulation after such a quiet day. It reaches into <laughs> her bag. Is the bag baby world? Is, I don't that, know. <laughs> uh, that my, I think that's a different episode. But anyway, she reaches in and pulls out a squeaky banana. Here, tell me. <laughs> Tommy immediately starts to cry. And we get something that I don't recall as much in later seasons, but I see it all the time in season one. We pull out, slowly pull away, and we see the whole neighborhood. We see them sitting in the front yard, and in the background, we see the horrible accident. Oh, yeah, they didn't make it too far, did they? <laughs> no, they're just right around the corner. <laughs> great, great episode. I, I love this one. This is one of the better dumb baby episodes. All of them are one of the better dumb baby episodes, but... Yeah, you can't really uh, separate them. I, I would watch, like, 600 episodes of Dumb Baby. Yeah, we should we should write a Dumb Baby episode for this podcast. We should make our own dumb baby show. <laughs> we said that on episode five. <laughs> like we're gonna we're gonna win the Powerball or do a Kickstarter and start a show called Dumb Babies. Dumb Babies, <laughs> you love them. <laughs> the show Dumb Babies, the tagline, you love them. <laughs> Maximum effort there. Do you hear us, Nickelodeon? <laughs> we're coming for your baby market. Oh, I, I wanted them to hire us. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that works too. Yes, actually hire us. Pretend I didn't say that. <laughs> if you don't hire us, we're coming for your market. 
if we win the Powerball or if get a high enough ball. Kickstarter. So before we jump into the second segment, uh, do you have any surprises for me? I don't have a rugrats for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, I was at the grocery store yesterday, and two things that I did made me realize, like, that you, more than most people, realize how embarrassing that I can be when I'm in public and feeling really manic. And I think this is gonna, going to spring a memory to your mind. I was at the grocery store, and I was looking randomly just in the Easter section, like, just to see if there's anything on, like, candy. I don't know why. I, I just look at stuff sometimes. <laughs> and they're all, there's this big box of Reese's Pieces. I don't know why, but I just for no reason really loudly said, Reese's Pieces! <laughs> and then, like, I stepped away, and there's like all these people down the aisle just like turned to look at me. <laughs> and then later, I was walking down an aisle, and I was looking at the canned and dried beans, because that's like uh, a, a staple. And this little old lady there is with her shopping cart, and I'm standing there, and I think she thinks she's in the way, and she's like, I'll move in a second here. And I just say, oh no, it's no problem. I'm just perusing the beans. <laughs> and then she like looked at me for a second and then was like oh just trying to figure out which ones there are <laughs> I'm trying to learn about new kinds of beans today <laughs> it's like adult rugrats at the grocery store I'm sure there's a dozen beans I've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more than a dozen. Well, then again, you did take that minor in bean studies in college. Don't test me on beans, though. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> but you got it on your degree. So there's one specific story that I was wondering if that would spring to your mind. Is it the sandwich? At it Sheets? is the sandwich at Sheets. <laughs> we, we were getting uh, sandwiches at Sheets. Maybe we weren't even getting anything, but we were getting people. something. We were getting something. I, I do remember that. OK, but uh, we and also really quick, a really quick uh, note. If you don't know what Sheets is, um, it's a gas station that has like made to order food um, that you order on a little touch screen. And they have like sandwiches and different everything deep fried, basically like a Wawa or a Royal Farms or whatever. Yeah, 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 exactly. But anyway, <laughs> we were uh, leaving. And I think uh, Matthew noticed somebody had ordered a sandwich. And he says to me, he goes, he got a sandwich because he's going to eat it. Huh? I thought I said it to you. You did say it to me. <laughs> I mean, I thought I thought you got a sandwich and I said that like you bought oh. that. <laughs> oh, you're I buying like that sandwich because you're going to eat it. Oh, that's probably what happened. I just uh, you might be reason, right. If it's what you said, it's even funnier. Uh, in my perception, <laughs> in, my, in my memory, <laughs> I'm imagining like other people like definitely noticing. Yeah, yeah <laughs> there was, we t I remember talking about this. There was one specific guy that just like was staring at me. <laughs> the moral of the story is sometimes I'm horribly embarrassing in, pu in public, but it makes for funny stories later. That's to take some of the heat off of our friend John. <laughs> we get a million stories about John. <laughs> so, 
So we're beginning segment two of the show right now. And Adam just a moment ago pointed out to me that he has his funeral home chair. How about you tell us a little bit about that? It's it's a it's a a physical marker <laughs> of various points of our friendship. Yeah, I've had a I actually have actually I think I threw one of them away, maybe. I had two funeral home chairs in different styles, and uh, <laughs> people generally ask me, how'd you end up with a funeral chair? And my only answer is, I bought it at a library. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it at a library. <coughs> <coughs> oh, fuck. There's the choking cough laugh of the night. Oh, man. People who might have listened before might know I'm a little bit dark. <laughs> with my funeral home chairs and my <laughs> rug race. <laughs> Adam is the edge lord. He's the edge lord of this podcast. <laughs> and it, it would be really funny me saying that, like if if you could see what we look like right now, because Adam has what shirt are you wearing? I have my hell was full shirt. Uh, <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a rabbit jumping out of a, <laughs> a coyote's mouth or something. <laughs> Um, it's a it's a very good collection of comics by uh, Branson Reese. I would definitely recommend reading that. It's very funny. I sent Matthew a few images before. I don't know if you remember them. It's I okay think I do. do. It's pretty. Fu- I, th- I think it's pretty funny if I remember correctly. So segment two of episode six, we watched Moose Country. Uh, this is a- another classic um, <clears throat> in this one. Grandpa Lou reminisces about the good old days of the Great Depression as he recounts a tale to the babies of a moose so big you could park your car inside of it. A moose he can still taste. Naturally, this triggers the baby's sense of wonder and stirs up a restless urge to explore Tommy's backyard to hunt for a moose and to form their own food memories. (laughs) (laughs) I love these descriptions each and every week. Did you notice one of the first things uh, or, or one of the first things that I noticed is that Grandpa Lou says the moose was 15 tons? Yes. That's like 30,000 pounds. <laughs> yeah, he this is probably his biggest exaggerations ever. And there we were, just me and your great granddaddy hunkered down in the shadow of an enormous bull moose, just a hair bigger than this house. Well, maybe he wasn't as big as the house, but he was certainly bigger than the garage. <laughs> <laughs> this episode starts out with uh, Dee Dee trying to feed Tommy some kind of mush. I referenced this before. <laughs> yeah, uh, he doesn't want any part of it. He's covering his eyes. It's so horrible. <laughs> Another first great first person shot of his fingers over his eyes. And you can see he's like peeking through his fingers for a second and like closing his eyes. Stu is a uh, he's. <laughs> Re- de- he's developing his backyard. What's what's the word for that? He's landscaping, landscaping right now. And developing his love of the great outdoors. Yeah, he <laughs> feels connected. He feels in tune with nature. You call that mud hole nature? A, a moose might actually weigh, what, one ton, maybe? Two tons at the most? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm lost on my tonnage for animals. They are huge. They yeah, are definitely big. huge. They might <laughs> be like <laughs> the biggest... They're the, well, they're the biggest deer. That's yeah. Back in uh, my day, when I would go up to Maine, the one time that I drove up there, there were 15 signs to drive to, to say slow down and not hit moose. Okay, so the mass of a bull moose is 840 to 
1,500 pounds. <laughs> so not even a ton. <laughs> no, not quite a ton, but it's it's getting there. But anyway, Tommy eventually, once once uh, Dee Dee has stopped trying to feed him, takes the food bowl and dumps it on his head. He licks it off his face. Yes. <laughs> Which is the prime way to eat things. He's figuring out how things work. Yeah, it's it's a cultural <laughs> thing. He wanted to try it out. <laughs> the, in, in the culture that Phil and Lil come from, they have to get food all over themselves before they eat it and be as disgusting <laughs> as possible. And he was just like trying to pay tribute to them. Oh, okay. Some such bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they, uh, as always, enlist Grandpa to watch the kids <laughs> he says fine by me somebody's got to teach these youngsters the difference between a forest and a philodendron yeah so uh they set up a new playpen i don't think they've shown this playpen or mm. maybe this is the no this isn't the same playpen from barbecue story i think the reason you're thinking that is because it's in um grandpa's teeth and I kind of get the names of those two mixed up. Uh, I always want to call Grandpa's Teeth Barbecue Story, but it's obviously not the same. Yeah, but. there's sort of like a cookout type vibe to mm-hmm. Grandpa's Teeth. Exactly. So I get it. It's like probably like Veterans <laughs> Day in California yeah. or something. That's a very good episode. I can't wait to get to that. Uh, that's, but... uh, that's the next episode. Oh, next week, folks. <laughs> episode seven. Lucky seven. It's, uh, it's one of the best ones. So hopefully, yes. hopefully we're pretty funny with it, too. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I mean, I think that's uh, might be my favorite, favorite episode. Oh, uh, before we go any further, I didn't mention that the writer of this episode is Jeffrey Townsend, who also wrote uh, Slumber Party and for- his only other credits. Well, he has several credits as a production designer. The only... Uh, movie i recognized from that list was sleepless in seattle which i've never seen and he was also an associate producer on the tracy allman show okay sleepless in seattle was a pretty i have not seen it but that was a pretty big movie i think yeah but anyways after uh grandpa lou finishes his story to the babies about eating the moose in the great depression and how they lived on it through the remainder of the depression that (laughs) He, of course, lays down and promptly falls asleep and they want to get out and go hunt for the bull moose. And Chucky's like, this is just like my crib. There's no way out. <laughs> and and uh, Chucky's uh, fascinated by bugs. He's like a little <laughs> cricket on the ground. I, I really um, like that. I thought it was pretty. It was a cute moment. Yeah. And it gives Tommy the idea to go over the top of it. <laughs> <laughs> Just as the cricket climbs over the top of the playpen, it hadn't occurred to him before to go over the top. <laughs> you got to open things to get out, not climb over the top. So, yeah, they use uh, Chucky as a ladder after a lot of spinning around and cajoling in the pe- playpen. Phil and Lil pin him against the side. And oh. Tommy has a squeaky hot dog toy to le- lure Spike over to knock the thing over or to pull it over. I also want to point out that Tommy gave Chucky no warning that he was going to climb on top <laughs> of him. He just started doing it. Started climbing on his idea. head. <laughs> You're my furniture. <laughs> Tommy is a little bit less uh, less uh, caring of other space <laughs> in season one. Until like literally the next episode, Grandpa's Teeth, you could make the argument that Tommy and Chucky aren't actually friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how much fun does Chucky have when he goes over? Like, <laughs> At this point, none. none. <laughs> like, Although there is a moment in this episode that I thought was nice with Chucky having fun when they're in the mud pit and Chucky <laughs> is happily laughing and throwing mud around. Quick music note, actually, before we jump ahead. As Spike comes over, as he hears the sound of the squeaking hot dog, 
something that I really, really noticed now for season one is different characters having like different, not necessarily instruments, because but like different tones or something for them. Like anytime you see Spike, it's like and like Angelica has a very specific musical tone for season one. And she even has her own song, I think. Yeah, I think so. That's anyway. very Twin Peaks-esque. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? There's a, a character in uh, Twin Peaks who... Or actually, I think a few of the characters get their own music for a while. Oh, I can't remember her name. She's like one of the main characters. She has her own like music that she like dances around to. I need to sit down and watch that show at some point. I mean, it's it's just one of those shows that I've just overlooked for whatever reason, even being like a TV lover such as I am. It's so entertaining. It's like, it's kind of like a... The X-Files meets the Flintstones. <laughs> I think you said that to me before, <laughs> yeah. and I love it every time I hear it. <laughs> Maybe that can be something we watch on the show at some point. Um, oh, yeah, I would definitely watch. I I really enjoyed it. I would like to watch it again. I've heard season two isn't as good until the end when <laughs> David Lynch actually comes back. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people hated it, and I could see why they hated it. But I don't know, sometimes goofy stuff is fun. They, they didn't know what they were doing. They were just trying shit. Much yeah. like the first season of Rugrats. And it's the best one. <laughs> I wouldn't argue that the second season of Twin Peaks is the best season. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but actually, still. the return, the return is pretty good, too. I did hear that. That's like, what, eight episodes? I mean, I pff, fuck I if I know. Like I haven't 18. even seen any of them. So cut two shot like of Homer Simpson watching Twin Peaks in the middle of the night. Brilliant. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea what's going on. So the babies are out of the playpen and they find what they think is a, either a moose burrow or Chucky thinks, I hope it's not a footprint. <laughs> I mean, it, if it was as big as a house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it was as big as Grandpa Lou is saying. And then uh, <laughs> Spike for once is like a chaos element. <laughs> he, he, he barks at them and uh, they all <laughs> fall in the mud. Pit. Yeah. And Tommy, uh, to wrestling fans out there, Tommy does a shooting star press into the, <laughs> which because he like kind of like flips like backwards, but moving moving forward. <laughs> but anyway, they're there. I, I love that Lil says about being in the mud when in later seasons, like and even in the in the in Tommy's first birthday, she's the most disgusting one. And like the baby's yeah. playing garbage and like all kinds of stuff. Well, she she's learning things about herself. Still. <laughs> it's true. I'm not I'm not mud shaming here. It's just uh, she's going by how she was conditioned <laughs> until she realizes <laughs> what she actually likes. But Chucky wipes mud off of himself and it gets on the other babies and then they throw it at him and they have a little bit of a mud fight. And that's where Chucky is laughing. Yeah, his first moment of happiness <laughs> ever in his life, even outside of the show. Exactly. This life as a little mini rug race here. I was just gonna make the joke that this landscape is just cover for Stu hiding Chucky's mother's body <laughs> after the barbecue. in pieces, in pieces, and different just the bones. The, the excess burgers were are, will be good fertilizer for these trees as they decompose. And by excess burgers, we mean excess Chucky's mom burgers. And by excess Chucky's mom burgers, I mean excess Chucky's mom burgers made out of Chucky's mom. And if you want to know what we're talking about, it's not very complicated. Uh, <laughs> it's in our uh, second episode about barbecue story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I carried that a little too far, but oh, well. <laughs> um, so anyway, they see a worm coming out of the mud. <laughs> it's 
dancing. And then <laughs> Chucky immediately wants to eat it. He calls it, uh, it looks like chocolate spaghetti. And then Tommy doesn't hesitate to eat it. No, he doesn't hesitate. <laughs> What's it like? It doesn't taste too much like chocolate spaghetti, but it dances all the way down. They, uh, <laughs> immediately they're excited and they all go to find worms. And uh, <laughs> Chucky, there's an image of him... Uh, with his mouth open, like excitedly, with a worm <laughs> going inside, it, it'll end up on the on all of our social media. Yes, it's already ended up on some. <laughs> so, one of the greatest gross, quote unquote, gross out moments. Chucky shoves the worm in his mouth <laughs> and spits it out. The sound of him burping. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Spits out this chewed up worm, which sadly crawls away into the mud. I like to imagine that they got Nancy Cartwright to do that. Because, uh, <laughs> I don't know if it, uh, I recently learned based on like a video she just put out on her Twitter that she does all the burps for The Simpsons. Oh, really? Yeah, even well, Homer's burps. She's a master then. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, something uh, I have here in my notes when Tommy says uh, it dances all the way down, like as he's saying that, I really noticed like the background noise, like the background foley of just like the outdoors, like birds chirping and stuff. It's really, really subtle. But for whatever reason, it stood out to me and is like, I think it's really good. Yeah, they do. Uh, you got to <laughs> do stuff like that to yeah. uh, build depth. Yeah. To your show centers. The and, and I feel like uh, the first season did that way better than any other of the seasons. Like, uh, I don't know the their later seasons are more like scored like yes. consistently and it's fine. I mean, like it's not bad music no. or no, anything, no, no. but I, I do like the uh, the weird the weirder stuff of the of season this season. one. Yes. And it's something else I noticed. I think we talked about this before, but we'll bring it up again. Um, is season one even seems to have more of a slower pace in the episodes like to yeah. their benefit. I know a lot of the later episodes, especially in season three, there's like a lot more plot going on and it just feels like boom, 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 episode over. And then yeah. uh, these episodes are still the same length for their segments, but it, it just feels like there's a ton going on and it's like taking its time, even in dumb baby episodes where there's almost no dialogue. Yeah, I, I'm. I don't know. When things get more popular, do they like everybody wants to get their jokes in or something? I, I don't know. I don't know. I've never worked in a writer's room, so yet. <laughs> dun dun dun! You've got our email, <laughs> Nickelodeon. Nick 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 Nick. I've been watching all of those old bumpers like over yeah. and over again. They keep getting recommended to me, and I try to send them to you as I see them. I really enjoy them. Early Nickelodeon, yeah, not even just like the early Nicktoons. It, it would just have this weird, crazy energy, like all the stop motion clay stuff and everything had slime and dirt. <laughs> <laughs> back I, when I, we were kids and things were dirty. Back when things were good and dirty. <laughs> I, I used to play in the mud all the time. <laughs> I don't think that I ever did. I don't think I was. I knew I'd get yelled at. I was a big fan of digging holes, finding <laughs> bugs. Frogs are one of my favorite things. <laughs> When we lived together uh, in the summertime, he used to go to the train tracks and just follow them for miles to see what he could find. And one time he brought river peas home. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat river peas. They could kill you. 
<laughs> and you did eat some of them at first. I, yeah, I did eat some until you learned that they could, learned that they could give you like neural problems or something. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what you said. Uh, if you recall back <laughs> when we were in college, we were pretty poor. Yes. <laughs> so I think that uh, cut to episode four. Yeah, to supplement our diet of fried dough. I also ate uh, daylily buds. I don't remember that. Yeah, you can uh, you can eat them. I I don't know if you were around for that or okay. if that was like a later summer. I would now looking back, I'm a much different person. Like I would have gladly gone with you on those, and I wish I had. But I don't know for whatever reason, it just wasn't something I wanted to do at the time. Now I'm like, oh, that would be fun. Yeah, it it was a uh, <clears throat> nice to have some alone time sometimes. This though, is true. So. Didn't you get a machete? You did have a machete. I got a machete because <laughs> in in my mind, I would need it. And it was like blunt. I'm never going through any like brush or anything <laughs> that needs to act away. I did get like <laughs> into the bushes and shit. Surprisingly, at that time, I never got any ticks on me. I've yeah, that's really surprising. A few times in my life. Yeah. Uh, but when I was going out in nature every day <laughs> and getting really into the thick thick of things uh, i Never didn't maybe deer just avoid the train tracks yeah i mean <laughs> maybe over time that's like a, <laughs> an inherited species memory to go near the train tracks <laughs> nah, probably not <laughs> nah, i know uh but anyway yeah yeah what well, we got that machete at walmart i think which was really funny to us and there there is video somewhere online of me with a machete hacking things in our apartment drunkenly <laughs> that was such a fun night that was a fun night but anyway back to the baby show (laughs) the show for babies we were talking about babies (laughs) i mean talking Um, about babies to river peas to machetes it's a it's a logical uh progression so they climb out of the uh the mud hole except chucky yeah chucky (laughs) is the oldest but he's the weakest baby (laughs) and so he has to stay in the mud hole for because he's a nerd yeah he's a nerd (laughs) They think they see a moose several times. It, yeah, it's various bits of lawn equipment and shirts. <laughs> I, I really like that. The shows it shadowed and then Tommy squinting like, oh, not a moose. I don't know what kind of rake has like teeth all around it, but in the middle, it's flat for a shirt arm to fit through. <laughs> Rugrats rakes. Yeah, rug rakes. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the farming spinoff. They, uh. they get covered in fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> And the way it's on them, it makes it look like they're hunters or like guerrilla soldiers in the jungle or something. Another another great thing that this show captures is the way uh, dogs play, like Spike playing with that 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 rubber hot dog. And it goes into like the pile of leaves and he's like. <laughs> like jumping around and like just happy because they're a dog. Like, <laughs> yeah, that I- Spike is so great. Yeah. He somehow gets like branches <laughs> tucked into his collar with his ears wrapped around them. <laughs> Which so looks like. The, so he makes the right silhouette. Da boos. They come back to the hole and you just see Chucky's arms reaching up <laughs> over the top as he jumps. Chucky, out of here, Tommy! And then they get him out and he has one of his great rants. Am I okay? Am I okay? First you talk me the breaking down then you leave me in a hole. Then you get me all wet. And for what? Huh? A moose? I don't see any moose. Where's the moose, Tommy? There, there, there. 
<laughs> the other occasion of that that joke, which I would bid, I think that it's probably the second. It's the second time, and I think the only two that we've referenced. Uh, it. I really, really like that joke. I, I maybe I like it so much because it's not overplayed, but I also feel like I would love to see it more. I don't know. Yeah, and and apparently, <laughs> as he's getting out, he pulls off like the uh, the, the boss faucet the handle faucet, the. the the, uh, the the turny thingy the turny thingy on the hose, hose. <laughs> and uh, apparently uh boris and minka live like on the same block or something yeah their water cuts out and they'd have to have like the uh be coming off the same hose to, for this to happen maybe Stu has an invention where like everyone in his family is stealing water yeah he's he's <laughs> tapped into the main water like, water main <laughs> he needs it for his inventions to cool the the like nuclear generator he has down there or something. <laughs> the laser oven. <laughs> yeah. This valve. That's valve. The word valve. Right. Yes. We played Resident Evil enough. We should know this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when this valve is coming down to Earth, uh, to Tommy like is scared that it's going to. I think he's scared that it's going to hit his grandpa. Yeah, he says grandpa. My one thought is he's afraid that his grandpa's going to get hurt. And then my other thought is he's afraid his grandpa's going to wake up and they're going to get in trouble. <laughs> so. I'm, I like to think the first one. Yeah. Little does he know what's happening to his other grandpa. Not with this water. He waterboards his other grandpa <laughs> indirectly. That's actually one of my favorite Grandpa Boris lines. When I was a little kid, I would quote it all the time, and it used to make my mom laugh so much. Like, <laughs> not with this water. <laughs> but we also see there's a couple sunning themselves, and they have like a little a little uh, fountain. fountain, and the water stops. Yeah, it, just the just as it stops with Bora's Boris's hose, <laughs> Bora's hose, Bora, and and the little the valve falls down and hits like a little a little knob on the wall, and it closes off. I guess the water just to their yard, and it starts flowing into this couple's yard and to Boris's yard. It sprays the couple and it sprays Boris in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh grandpa boris is great like <laughs> i think Minka is just like smiling in the background <laughs> oh yeah we didn't mention though whenever they first see spike and they think he's the moose because of the branches in his collar and the shadow he's gonna eat them because yeah. st he starts going after them because he <laughs> loves them yeah <laughs> and that's where or chucky's having his uh Issues. after that chucky's having his rant where is he tommy <laughs> Where, Where is the moose? There. Where? <laughs> there. <laughs> and they uh, realize it's Spike. Yeah, the next That's... time he shows up, they realize it's him. They see uh, <coughs> uh, Stu coming home with, like, bags of fish fertilizer. <laughs> I'm having this play, like, as we're doing this. And uh, when I see him, he's carrying, like, four big sacks of it. Yeah. And then when he comes out the back door, he's got one sack. <laughs> How dare they ruin our childhood like this? You know what's in the three other sacks? More of Chucky's mom. <laughs> <laughs> so they run to go back to the uh, playpen. And don't they hit it and like flip and it like flips over? Or am I thinking of another episode? They do. They run into it and they probably hit like the bottom. That would be the bottom of it. Yeah. And it causes and it they, to. And it, they cause it to flip back over. And I was like, going to say it causes it to normalize. <laughs> This is like one of the only times they don't get caught in their mess. Yeah. <laughs> and then Dee Dee comes and looks outside and there's just water everywhere. And they're like, did it rain today? <laughs> and if this is L.A., that's not very likely. <laughs> no, no. 
so they wasted a whole lot of water, these good-for-nothing babies. The EPA is going to come in and say, you have to get rid of these babies. <laughs> They're waste on resources. <laughs> Did you say the EPA? Yeah, the EPA, just like in Ghostbusters, when, when they do, when they're bad, they're evil in this too. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're in the uh, they're in the playpen, and Tommy comes to the most logical conclusion, and that is that Spike was trying to tell us something. Like what? Yeah, like what? Maybe that we only have to go a little bit further to get to Moose Country. Yeah! yeah! Oh no! Chucky. <laughs> we also learn that the uh, the photo that Lou's been showing yeah. of the moose he remembers is actually just the uh, front or the back of an insurance calendar. Like <laughs> <laughs> you get for free in the mail. Speaking of calendars, man, I donated to I don't even remember what it was. It was like the ACLU or something like that. And another time I donated to like a uh, like a turtle rescue or something like that. And there are reasons for that that I won't go into. But anyway, like now every month I'll get like three or four calendars in the mail. And like, so I just like have this stack of calendars. So <laughs> people love to send you calendars. That's what they do with your money when you donate to them. They send you calendars. But anyway, uh, we get another one of those shots that I mentioned in the first segment where we pull out and we see the whole yard, the whole wet, disgusting yard. I was like, I was noticing like one of the trees was crooked. So I went back to see if they were so destructive that <laughs> one of the trees got kind of knocked over, like one of their bigger trees. Yeah. No, it was already slanted. Like okay. That. That's unfortunate that they didn't yeah. cause more damage. They weren't uh, destructive enough. <laughs> well, he only destroyed several million dollars earlier in the first segment. <laughs> he didn't destroy it. He just made it go to another place. If they go down to the sewer, they can find it. And hey, he never flushed. <laughs> he shredded the cash, too, in the vacuum. You would assume, anyway. Or at least dirtied it. Of course, doesn't don't, don't they say that like most money has like residue of cocaine on it or something? That's probably <laughs> just a myth, before. but I've heard that before. It probably is a myth. Yeah. But yeah, another two great segments of our current favorite show. <laughs> so uh, next episode. Yeah. So what are we looking at next week, Adam? We are looking at classics Grandpa's Teeth and Mama Trauma. Which one is Mama Trauma? Mama Trauma is the one where they uh, they take Tommy to a shrink. Ah, OK. OK. That episode has one of my favorite Mark Mothersbaugh compositions in the entire series. And I will leave it hang on that. And I will also say that Grandpa's Teeth is probably my favorite episode of Rugrats ever. I think it's like the stand. It becomes a standard form format for Rugrats. I th- or is that or may, maybe two, maybe you're thinking that's like the template that all of the more yeah, standard that, episodes come that's what from. I was thinking it's okay. like it's like a, it becomes like a template. It, it's such a it's such a good one. It feels like the most pure Rugrats to me. Yeah, I love the dumb baby stuff, but that one feels like pure Rugrats. Complete chaos scenes. All the characters are involved. Scary animals. Scary animals. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so good times had by always, uh, but good times had by always. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> um, thank you for listening each and every week. We will see you next time here on Because I've Lost Control of My Life.
like what you heard, tune in Sundays at 7 p.m. to all of your favorite podcasting platforms or go to lostcontrolpod.com for new episodes of Because I've Lost Control of My Life. You can also email us at lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. That's lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. Oh, he went down. <laughs> <laughs>